0: Army Mental Tests, compiled and edited by Clarence S. Yewcombe and Robert M. Yerkes. Published with the authorization of the War Department. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in public domain. For more information or volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Leon Harvey. Preface During the past few months the Office of the Surgeon General of the Army and the National Research Council have been besieged with requests for information concerning the methods of psychological examining and for the printed materials used in the United States Army. To meet this demand, it has seemed advisable to prepare this little book, which in addition to the Examiner's Guide presents information concerning the results of psychological examining in the Army and indications of the possible uses of similar methods in education and industry. The book has been prepared under the editorial direction of Majors Clarence S. Yocum and Robert M. Yerkes, who in cooperation with other members of the psychological staff of the Surgeon General's Office, selected the various materials and decided about the mode of presentation. The editors are responsible for the material of certain of this chapter, and they have indicated the responsibility of others wherever possible. It has been arranged that the royalty from Army mental tests shall be paid to the Treasurer of the National Research Council for the support of psychological research. The introductions originally printed in the Examiner's Guide for the Stanford Binet Scale and the Point Scale have been omitted from this volume because of copyright restrictions, but these materials are available in books previously published. A detailed and complete account of the methods and results of psychological examining in the Army is in course of publication in Memoirs of the National Academy of Sciences, Washington. The Editors End of Preface Introduction The human factors in most practical situations have been neglected largely because of our consciousness of ignorance and our inability to control them. Whereas engineers deal constantly with physical problems of quality, capacity, stress and strain, they have tended to think of problems of human conduct and experience either as unsolved or as insoluble. At the same time, there has existed a growing consciousness of the practical significance of these human factors and of the importance of such systematic research as shall extend our knowledge of them and increase our directive power the great war from which we are now emerging into a civilization in many respects new has already worked marvelous changes in our points of view our expectations and practical demands relatively early in this supreme struggle it became clear to certain individuals that the proper utilization of manpower and more particularly of mind or brain power would assure ultimate victory The war demanded of us the speedy mobilization of our military machine, and in addition to the organization and training of an immense supplementary armed force, the manufacture of ordnance and munitions of war in well-nigh unimaginable quantities, and construction of ships, motor transports, and of varieties of rolling stock in vast numbers. All this had to be done in the least possible time. Never before in the history of civilization was brain, as contrasted with brawn, so important. Never before the proper placement and utilisation of brain power so essential to success. Our War Department, nerved with exceptional risks by the stern necessity for early victory, saw and immediately seized its opportunity to develop various new lines of personal work. Among these is numbered the Psychological Service. Great will be our good fortune if the lesson in human engineering which the war has taught is carried over directly and effectively into our civil institutions and activities Scarcely had war been declared by our country before the psychologists were brought together in a plan to make their professional knowledge, technique, and experience useful in the emergency. In April 1917, the American Psychological Association appointed numerous committees to study the situation and prepare for action. At the same time, a committee for psychology was organized by the National Research Council. Thus it happened that from the outset, American psychologists acted unitedly, whereas their professional colleagues in France and Great Britain served individually wherever they could discover opportunity. The Committee for Psychology of the National Research Council has continued active over a period of nearly two years. Almost all of the psychological contributions which the United States has made to the war are either directly or indirectly due to the efforts or the support of this body, the work of which has been carried on through conferences, subcommittees or military appointees in the Army and the Navy. In order that the psychological examining of the soldier may be seen in its proper setting, The various chiefly significant lines of psychological service will be enumerated and chiefly characterised. Under the Adjutant General, the Committee on Classification of Personnel in the Army, which was originally organized by a group of psychologists who were at the time serving as members of the Committee for Psychology of the National Research Council or of committees of the American Psychological Association for the Furtherance of the Military Service, developed and introduced throughout the Army methods of classifying and assigning enlisted men in accordance with the occupational and educational qualifications, and also methods of rating officers for appointment and promotion. The services of this committee, to the work of which the War Department dedicated nearly a million dollars, ultimately touched and more or less profoundly modified almost every important aspect of military personnel. To the Signal Corps, and subsequently to the Division of Military Aeronautics, psychological service was rendered in connection with measurements of the effects of high altitude, and also in the selection and placement of men. Numerous important methods, new or adapted, were introduced in this service, By groups of psychologists whose primary concern was improved placement and the proper utilisation and protection of the flyer. The Committee for Psychology promoted effectively interest in the measures for the control and improvement of both military and civilian morale. The interest and persistent activity of its members ultimately resulted in the organisation of a morale branch within the general staff of the army. At various times, as many as 25 officers and enlisted men trained in military psychology were engaged in the conduct of practical morale work. For the Division of Military Intelligence, psychological methods were devised or adapted to assist in the selection, placement, and effective training of scouts and observers, and in addition, service of minor importance was rendered in numerous training camps. In response to requests from the Chemical Warfare Service, psychological problems presented by the gas mask were studied and the major recommendations resulting from these investigations were embodied in the latest improved form of mask. The psychological problems, either partially or completely solved for the Navy, are comprehended in the proper selection, placement and training of gunners, listeners and lookouts. Numerous situations were carefully analysed for the Navy, and methods and mechanical devices which have achieved extensive application and appreciation were developed. Within the Medical Department of the Army, a division of psychology was organized for the administration of mental tests to enlisted men and commissioned officers in accordance with the plans perfected during the summer of 1917. The history of this work will be briefly told as an introduction into the account of methods and results. The chief purpose of the psychological assistance originally offered to the Medical Department was a prompt elimination of recruits whose grade of intelligence is too low for satisfactory service. It was believed by psychologists assembled in conference that their profession is better prepared technically and by practical experience to measure intelligence than are members of the medical profession, and that psychologists, therefore, should be able in the military emergency to render invaluable assistance to medical officers by supplying reliable measures of intelligence which might be used as partial basis for rejection or discharge. Thus it was thought the efficiency of the service might be considerably increased and the cost materially diminished. As it happens, the purposes of this service as actually developed differ radically from that originally proposed. Moreover, they serve to identify this work even more closely with the personal work of the Adjutant General's Office and of the General Staff than with anything in the Medical Department of the Army aside from neuropsychiatric work. To meet the prospective need of psychological assistance, a committee of seven experts in practical mental measurement was organised in the summer of 1917, and called together for the preparation or selection of suitable methods. This group of men worked almost continuously for a month, devising, selecting, and adapting methods. Another month was spent in thoroughly testing the methods in military stations in order that their value might be definitely established before they should be recommended to the medical department of the army. The results were gratifying and the methods were therefore recommended to the Surgeon General of the army in August 1917, and properly accepted for official trial. During October and November, they were applied in four cantonments, under conditions that could scarcely have been more unfavourable But the results, which led the official medical inspector to formulate the following statements and recommendations. The purposes of psychological testing are A. To aid in segregating the mentally incompetent B. To classify men according to their mental capacity C. To assist in selecting competent men for responsible positions in the opinion of this office, these reports accompanying recommendation indicate very definitely that the desiring results have been achieved. The success of this work in a large series of observations some five thousand officers and eighty thousand men makes it reasonably certain that similar results may be expected if the system be extended to include the entire enlisted and drafted personnel and all newly appointed officers. In view of these considerations, I recommend that all company officers all candidates for officers, training camps, and all drafted and enlisted men be required to take the prescribed psychological tests. In January 1918, this new work of the medical department was extended in accordance with the above recommendation. Placing psychological examining in the medical department naturally caused certain difficulties of administration. The confusion of psychological work with neuropsychiatry was one of the first difficulties met. The administration of psychological examining by a medical officer increased the work of this officer and at the same time added to his staff a group of psychologists with whose work he was unfamiliar and who were perhaps more interested in establishing their particular examinations than in correlating their work with the work of the medical department. Notwithstanding these and many other difficulties which the new methods met, official inquiry into the results of the examining made in the latter part of November and the early part of December, 1917, indicated that 75% of the officers who had become even slightly acquainted with the work favoured the continuation of psychological examining. The original purpose of the committee in the preparation of methods for intelligence testing were less important than the uses actually made of the results. It was the intention of the committee, as stated above, to prepare an examination that would indicate the drafted men who were too low grade mentally to make satisfactory privates in the army. It was desired also to indicate, if possible, those who were mentally unstable or who might prove incorrigible so far as army discipline was concerned. In addition, the committee hoped to be able to pick out exceptional types of men who could be used for special tasks that demanded a high degree of intelligence. In interesting contrast with these original purposes of mental examining, stand the results actually achieved. 1. The assignment of an intelligence rating to every soldier on the basis of systematic examination. 2. The designation and selection of men whose superior intelligence indicates the desirability of advancement or special assignment. 3. The prompt selection and recommendation for development battalions of men who are so inferior intellectually as to be unsuited for the regular military training. 4. The provision of measurements of mental ability which enable assigning officers to build organizations of uniform mental strength or in accordance with definite specifications concerning intelligence requirements. 5. The selection of men for various types of military duty or for special assignment, as for example to military training schools, colleges, or technical schools. 6. The provision of data for the formation of special training groups within the regiment or battery in order that each man may receive instruction suited to his ability to learn. 7. The early discovery and recommendation for elimination of men whose intelligence is so inferior that they cannot be used to advantage in any line of military service. It is of course unfortunate, from the point of view of scientific research, that many lines of investigation indicated by these general results could not be carried out. The psychological service existed in the army for strictly practical purposes. The directors of the service emphasise continually the necessity for rendering immediate assistance in the organisation of the army and the setting aside of all investigations which did not further this practical end. The results given in the following chapter are therefore based almost entirely on military needs and indicate the success of this service in the army. The more strictly scientific aspects of this type of examining can be considered in future studies when the practical aim is less insistent or can more readily be made subservient to scientific standards. End of Preface and Introduction